church, let's pray this morning. God, thank you for bringing us here today. God, I thank you that we get to celebrate Easter. I thank you that we get to celebrate you defeating death. I thank you that we have life today. God, I pray that in this place we can smile. God, that we can walk, we can jump knowing that you've set us free. God, I thank you for the price that you paid for each and every one of us. And today, we want to celebrate that. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, why don't we do this? Everybody's too good looking. I mean, we got some good looking people in here. Why don't you give someone next to you a hug? Tell them, hey, I'm glad that you're here today. Give them a handshake. Just greet someone right around you right now. Well, welcome to Church Project, everybody. Welcome to our Easter celebration. Welcome to our very first week in the Moxie. What do you think about the Moxie, huh? Very cool. Jason Perman and I were here at, at 2 in the morning as Sir Mix-a-Lot finished his thing, and, and people were all over the place, and they cleaned it up really well. It's, this is a nice place, and so if you run into people from the Moxie, just thank them for letting us to meet here. I, I'm excited that we get to celebrate here. Hey, just so you know, um, if you've been coming to Church Project for a while, uh, we've been meeting over uh, by IHOP and, and uh, Harley-Davidson on 29th Street. When we have all our kids there, it's insane. It's, it's very small. And so what we're going to do is we're going to be meeting here at the Moxie for the next four weeks. And we're going to see what happens down here. So don't go over there. We're going to be meeting here for the next four weeks. And so we have plenty of room to, to add more people in here and, and kind of stretch out a little bit. So is that okay? That's what we're going to do. If you're a first-time guest here, welcome. We're glad that you're here. At Church Project, what we do is we go through the Bible. Like... We go through the Bible. We have three words that drive us. Biblical. It just makes sense that if we're a church, we're going to be biblical, right? Biblical. Simple. Everything that we do, we want to, we want to be simple in what we do. We believe that the message of God is, is pretty simple. That we don't, have to, we don't have to flash it up. We don't have to make it look attractive to you. We believe that God's word and his redemptive power is just enough for all of us. And so if you don't know who God is today, I, I hope that you'll just keep your heart open and your mind open to him. Because I think he'll chase you down. I think he'll show you how much he loves you today. And the third word that drives us is just relevant. If, if we stand up and we say words that we don't understand, it does no good. So we want to talk a language that everyone can understand because I believe that that's where it's at. We're just going to be real. So are you okay with being real? So if you really, hey, I'm going to give you this permission. If you really don't ever button this top button and it's buttoned right now, Please undo it, okay? You have permission to do that. And in fact, if you're thinking, man, I missed the coffee when, it wa- when you walked in, it's over there. Go get you some, okay? Uh, why, over there in the corner, we also have Bibles. It's going to be real important to have a Bible in front of you this morning. We're going to be looking at Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. That's what we're going to look at today. We're going to do it a little different, though. We're going to break this up into three sections because I believe that the message of Easter is so powerful that we need to take time in each section. This first section is real personal to me, and I like to cry a lot, and I'm trying not to. This first section is a baptism section. See, there's a story in the Bible, and it's the big story. The big story is that we as humans were separated from God because of our actions, because of what we've done. God is a holy God, a perfect God. And we sinned against a holy and perfect God. Is there anyone in here that's perfect? No. We've all messed up at one point. 
And that separates us from the love of God. Easter, though, Easter comes around because of this. God sent his son Jesus to this earth to live a perfect life and to die on the cross because there needed to be blood for our sin. There needed to be a sacrifice for the wrong that we had done. And God sent his only son to earth to be that sacrifice for us. So Easter, we call this a celebration because Jesus was dead, crucified on the cross. But today, today, he rose from the dead. Today, he's alive. This is the day that we celebrate Jesus rising from the dead. Yes, Brittany, absolutely. I say this is an Easter celebration. We're going to do something right here to begin with. And that is I'm going to invite um, our three people that are going to get baptized today to come up. And then after this, we're going to have our kids go ahead and, and go on out. But we want, to see, we want everyone to be a part of this. And so I'm going to ask... <clears throat> Kyle, Carl, and Jesse to come out here. <clears throat> and we're going to do it a little different. Jesse, I'm going to ask you to come over here, bud. Uh, I, I asked this, anybody you like speaking in public? Any of you? I don't. I don't enjoy it. Peter does, okay? Um, <laughs> We want, we want it to be more than just you see what's happening. We want it to be a little bit of heart as well. And so I, I asked these three gentlemen, if they would, to, to write up something or to talk about why they're getting baptized. And so Jesse sent me a paragraph, typed up. It's very good. And so Jesse, would you please tell us what this means to you? Here it is. I didn't, I didn't do big, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Repent. What does that mean? Confess your sins. What does this mean? To me, it is the confession of the greatest sin there is, to not live in God's loving light. Then you repent by giving up your own machinations to the glory that is of the Lord. Then you discover that you had been living in God's light and love the entire time. This is a cleansing of the soul. Baptism is a rite that represents the outer becoming like the inner, and to give unto God the righteousness he bestows unto us. So, as it is said in Matthew 3.15, Permit it that I do it now. For it is upon us to fulfill all righteousness. That's thank you, thank you very much. Can we give it up for Jesse? That's that's hard to do. Jesse, I'm going to ask you if if you would let's let's go ahead and and get this thing. Okay, let's baptize here. You guys, this is a this is a beautiful picture of what Jesus has done. If you want to go ahead and just get on your knees right here, there you go. This is a, this represents something very very special. It represents Jesus as he died on the cross. Three days later, he rose from the dead. And he says, if you follow me, go make disciples, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. And it's something we do to show the world around us an inner commitment that we made to Jesus Christ. And so it's with that, Jesse, I ask, have you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart? Is he your Lord and Savior? Yes, he is. Very good, sir. If you would just grab your nose there. Then, sir, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Raise again in the likeness of death. Thanks, man. Thank you. I'm going to get all wet, and it's going to be beautiful. Is that, is that okay? All right, Bryson's, are you ready for this? Kyle, you ready for this, buddy? 
Maybe. All right. Come on. Come on. Come on over here. This is Kyle Bryson. Pretty cool little dude, huh? You guys know this guy? A lot of love in this guy. He's very special. And so would you tell us why you're getting baptized this morning, sir? You can read it. There you go. And you can come help out, Dad, if you want to. You want to read that? Okay. He has pictures on here, too. This is awesome. I asked Jesus into my heart, and I know he will never, ever go away. And he will protect me and guide me to heaven. I want to get baptized because it represents washing my sins away and coming at my new self. I want to live like Jesus. He lived a happy and perfect life. Amen. Thank you, buddy. That's awesome. That's awesome. Kyle, you want to jump in here, bud? We got this kind of warm. We, we, we tried really, really hard. It's not freezing. Mr. Chad put warm water in there. It's okay. Carl, you, you want to help out here, man? This is, this is really cool. It's a father-son getting baptized. And I love the story that's happening right here. So, Okay, Kyle, we'll get this over with as fast as possible. Are you ready, bud? Kyle, have you asked Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior? Absolutely, bud. I'm so proud of you. I'm excited to see the life that you live. If you would, just grab your nose, bud, and I want to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Raised in the likeness of his death. <laughs> yeah, you, you can wrap him up. And you can stay here and watch Dad get baptized. How's that sound? You want to help baptize Dad? Yeah. That would be awesome. <laughs> Carl. Yes. <laughs> you got it on your phone. Yeah, on my phone. You, are you going to talk or am I going to talk? I'm going to talk. He's going to talk good because I would cry. So here, here's Carl. All right. Um, mine's a little different. Um, it's been a, almost 13 years since I've been a Christian. A lot of why I was saved was for more, more to change people's perspective of me. And as the years have gone by, I thought that I had, a, had been living a great Christian life. However, my cup on the outside looked a lot better than what was inside of my cup which is my heart and the lack of relationship I had with God. A few months ago, I hit rock bottom and spiritually was dead. With prayer from a lot of awesome people, I believe that God performed a miracle on me. And I have literally been brought back to life. Looking back, I can honestly say that I knew who Jesus was, but did not have a relationship with him. These past couple of months have been the best months of my life, and I have to give credit where credit is due. And that's my relationship that I have with God and just trusting Him with everything and being content with the man, husband, and father that He has created me to be. Which brings me here today. Today, for me, symbolizes the cleansing of all the evil that I have had in my past and going forward, wanting to live a better life with God as my Lord and Savior. It's an honor, buddy. You going to help baptize Dad? It's not cold. Are you going to fit in this? I want to tell a couple jokes while you sit in this water. You would. I would. I got one. But I love you. 
This is, this is really cool. It's fun to be a part of this story, and it's awesome to see God redeeming you and your family. And so what a cool experience. What an honor, church, that we get to be a part of this today. Let's get him wet. Let's get him wet. <laughs> Carl, have you accepted and asked the Lord to be in control of your life? Absolutely. And it's an honor to baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Raised in the likeness of his death. I love you, bro. It's not cold. Love you, man. I hope you didn't have your phone in your pocket. Kids, you ready to go on to the kids' area? Go ahead and head on to the kids' area. Have fun in there. You're going to have a great time. Mr. Peter's got all sorts of cool little snacks that you can come give me afterwards. So go have fun over there. Church, what an honor it is. What an honor it is to be here on this Easter morning. What an honor it is to be a part of even these three stories right here and, and to see what's going on here. See, that the, the Easter message is a message of hope. The Easter message is the message of two people that we're going to look at specifically that were on a road. And the road of their journey started in tragedy, started terrible, and ended up in great, great hope. So if you would, open your Bible to Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35 is what we're going to look at. Luke chapter 24, verses 13, or, yep, 13 through 35. We're going to take this first little section, starting in verse 13, to kind of set up this story of hope of these two men in despair and what happens when they encounter the love of Jesus, the love of God in their life. And as we're reading through this first section, I want to ask you, I want to ask you, is there anything in your life that you feel like you have lost hope in? That is something that's just a despair in you in your life? Let's read through these verses. Verse 13 of Luke 24 says this. Now that, now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And this is right after Jesus was crucified on the cross and right after he had risen from the dead. On that same day, they're going on this seven-mile journey to Jerusalem. Verse 14 They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. Verse 17, he asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Verse 19. What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. And let's hit pause right here. Can you look at verse 21? Can any of you relate to this? But we had hoped that he was the one that was going to redeem Israel. 
But we had hope. What is it you and I hope for in life? What is it that we put our hope in in life? Have you ever been hopeless? Anyone in here ever been hopeless? Anyone in here ever been in despair? Anyone in here going through things right now that are actually very hard to go through? Some days you wake up and you think, how am I going to get over this? I'm addicted to this again. I'm doing this again. I'm in this habit again or whatever it may be. It seems like it keeps coming back and back in our life. And it seems like, honestly, we're getting deeper and deeper and we're falling away and we're, we're running out of what we call hope. These men, as they're walking along, they had hoped in this Jesus, but it seemed that he had left them high and dry. It seemed that he wasn't there. Funny thing happens to us as humans. You take away hope, and people, we shut down, don't we? We take away hope. You see prisoners of war, as long as there's hope that they're going to be able to escape, they can hang on for the most part, but as soon as you remove that hope, they give up. How are you feeling with hope right now? Are you feeling that, that Jesus is sustaining you and that he's carrying you along? And some of us have lost the ability to dream and we are losing all hope. Are you a dreamer right now? Do you know who Jesus is right now? Are, do you have the ability to dream or do you come in very tired and very frustrated today? I want to read a, a, a Bible verse, Proverbs thirteen twelve. Maybe some of you know this Bible verse. Proverbs thirteen twelve says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Or if we want to put it in the message translation. Any of you read the message translation? This is what it says in the message translation. Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick. But a sudden good break can turn life around. I like those verses. Do you? I like those verses. As I read those verses though, I have to ask a basic question to all of us today. What are we hoping in? What are we putting our hope in? Is it this world and the riches of this world? Is it our 401k that has hundreds of thousands of dollars in it? Wait, does anyone have that? <laughs> Is it the Broncos will win the Super Bowl? Is it that? Like, what? No, Jeremiah, why did you shake your head yes? Come on. What are we putting our hope in? Have you ever been hopeless? Take away hope and we begin to shut down. Here's the truth. Satan wants you to believe a lie. Satan wants to come after you today. He wants, he wants to lie to you about who you are. Satan wants to lie to you about what you are capable of. Satan wants to lie to you about your past, your present, and your future. He wants to take your legs out from under you from the past, the present, and the future. Satan wants to lie to you. He wants to give you false hope and temporary things. And when we place our hope in temporary things, it's going to leave us devastated. And if you've ever been there, you've ever placed your hope in something temporary, it's disheartening, isn't it? But Jesus, Jesus comes. And what does he do? He injects life. He lived a perfect life. He died. He sacrificed everything for us to present hope, to buy us back, to redeem us, to put smiles on our face. See, this is what we celebrate at Easter. 
John 5, there's a beautiful story in John 5 that maybe you can go and read later today. But it's about this man and he's sick. He's very sick. He's been sick for years and years. And Jesus comes across him and he says, man that's sick, do you want to get up? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to walk? And of course the man says yes. And Jesus says, arise. Arise. For I am the hope, I am the future, and I am love. Today we watched three people just get baptized. And to me, it's such a beautiful picture of hope. It's a beautiful picture of even the beginning of the story. And we're going we're to go on here in a little bit. But what I want to do right now is I want to ask all of us just to reflect on this hope. How are you right now? Do you feel like you have despair in your life? Do you feel like you're hopeless? Do you feel like there's things that you're working through that you just don't know how you're, over gonna, you're gonna overcome these things? How are you with this? And as we're thinking about this and meditating on this, I'm gonna ask us if we would just stand and let's continue to worship God in this place. have a seat. In a very real way, what we saw today here just in a baptism is it's almost like the beginning of the journey. It's almost like here we are, we're starting this thing, here we go. And I'm so excited as we celebrated it with, with these three individuals this morning. And I'm also excited to move into this next part because technology is incredible. Like we get a Skype with, with Ali and James and they're in Bangladesh, which is exactly 12 hours away. I think they already had Easter, I think. They're ahead of us, I think. I'm not sure. I should have figured that out before. But if you, if you, if you know, you've been a part of Church Project, you know James and you know Ali and their heart and, and the music that they're doing and, and the fact that they're in Bangladesh right now serving God is an absolutely incredible thing. So I want to introduce you. Hopefully it's going to work. Um, you have to look on this little computer screen right there. So if you can't see it, you're in trouble. Or James will get them. Look at that. Whoa, that's, that's an app store. Yeah, there's there's somewhere in there. There they are. Okay, let's let's te- let's test this thing. And and James, Allie, are you there? Can we hear you? Yeah. Hello. Here. Well, let's try this again. We had to turn up our volume, so I think we're good to go now. So let's try this. James and Allie, are you there? We are here. Yeah. yeah. There we go. So, so you stayed up, you're up really late for us tonight or today or this morning. So thank you. You're welcome. Hey, yeah, this is normally, this is pretty standard. So, oh, you're, you're okay, huh? This is how you talk to everyone back in the States, huh? This time. (laughs) Well, I I sent James and I sent Allie a couple questions and I said, can you guys just share us, share what's going on in your life over in Bangladesh? And the first question I asked was, how has God shown his love to you guys? Why are you in Bangladesh? What are you doing there? What has God done in your life? Are you crazy? So I just want to ask you that question. How has God shown his love to you guys? Thanks, Aaron. Um, first, let me just say it's awesome to be with you guys, and uh, we're so encouraged to be able to worship with you guys over here. Uh, it brings me so much joy to see so many people there, and uh, hallelujah, Jesus is good, and he's risen, and he's alive, and we're alive with him, so that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to say for anybody who doesn't know us that Allie and I you can rest assured we are nothing and the lowest of nothing and we're the worst sinners and there's nothing that makes us special or makes us different um, 
but we have a really good God who we serve, yeah. and we get to serve Him really tangibly while we're here, which we're so thankful for. So, yeah, thanks, thanks again. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so now I'll answer the question. Um, we've been talking about this a little bit, and uh, the thing that really sticks out for us is... Of course. You know, God... <laughs> yeah, of course. His love to, to us by saving that's awesome. Huh? Can you hear us? Well, you kind of cut out on the most important part, but beyond that, it was okay. <laughs> Why don't you try that again? Let's see. Sure. Can you hear me now? Yep. We got gotcha. been. It must have been right after I said, now I'll answer the question. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, so we've been talking about a little bit between us and the thing that uh, sticks out to us the most is that God uh, saved us. He rescued us from ourselves and he rescued us from our sin and the main purpose of that was because uh, he's God and he is good and he's holy and he's worthy to be worshipped and that was his main purpose in saving us Um, and so that's that's one thing, but the the next thing for us is to say, okay, did he have a purpose in choosing me? Because like I said, I'm the worst. And like I said, I'm the biggest sinner. I'm a sinner's son, and I was born rebellious. Um, so why did he choose me? And so we wanted to ask for our, our lives, uh, why us? Why were we born in America? Uh, why did God reveal himself to us and what does that mean for our lives so for us we decided to uh, live in a different context for a little while and uh, it really is just now that we've been here for a little over half the time we've been here for a little over three months it feels like nothing and it's like man I can't believe we're only going to be doing this for six months I'm like why am I such a chump for only coming over here for six months (laughs) um but man, God is just, you know, the thing that we get to see is uh, that God is good. We decided to say that God is so good that uh, everybody in the world needs to have a chance to hear about him. And there are so many people who die daily without hearing about him. And so we said, let's go to a place where there's a lot of people uh, who don't know Jesus. And there's a lot of people who are resilient to the gospel. And we thought, well, that's Muslims, and that's uh, this place right here in in Bangladesh. So uh, we wanted to come here and do that. So it, it really has nothing to do with us and really everything to do with God. Hmm. Well, let's get to the second question then. And the second second part of that is, I mean, God has, has loved you. He's poured his love on you. How is that spilling out to the people in Bangladesh? What do you see and happen there? Yeah. Um, well, it's great. I mean, the biggest thing that we get to see is uh, we just get to preach his word faithfully. Because being being nice to people is great in this lifetime, um, but in the grand scheme of eternity, it doesn't mean very much if I just smile at somebody. 
And so in the grand scheme of eternity, the greatest thing that I can do for someone is to point them to God. And I'm not converting anybody. Allie's not converting anybody there. Our team's not. We're just here to uh, faithfully do what God has asked us to do, which is share the word of God with people. And Jesus is the word of God. In John chapter 1, it says that the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus. And uh, he came to dwell among us, to be God's work, to go out from God's mouth, to accomplish his work, and to bring us to himself, which is nuts. So we get to do that uh, for God. And uh, yeah, so the biggest thing is just sharing God's word with people. We have a couple different entry strategies of doing that. Uh, We can rejoice that we've seen three three or four people come to know Christ um, in our time here, and also some people, um, maybe five or six other people, that those people have reached out to and shared the gospel with. And because of that, those other people have decided to commit their lives to Christ. Mm -hmm. So we can rejoice with that. But the most important thing is that uh, our names are written in heaven, Allie and I, and so we just want to do God's work, and that means uh, we just get to share the gospel, which is the best work that we can do. Man, that's that's awesome. Thank you, Allie. Yeah. You're beautiful, James. You're you're not beautiful. <laughs> but just the, just the fact that you would join us today and say that that God loves you. I mean, He's pouring His love on you, and and we get the opportunity to share that to other people. Guys, we're praying for him. We're so, we're so thankful that you joined us this morning. Um, I, is there anything that we want to say? Can we just say we love you guys, huh? We love you guys. There you go. Keep up. Keep it up, man. Keep it up. And we're excited to buy you a hamburger when you get back here in three months or whatever. So you guys can go to bed. Thank you for joining us on Easter evening or Easter day, whatever it is. So we love you guys. Thank you. Easter, guys. Love you guys. All right, that's, that's James and Allie. In a very real way, what we got to see was we got to see a baptism. We get to talk to somebody over in Bangladesh that years down the line, I mean, God is, is using him and prodding him and even sending him to Bangladesh. <clears throat> we don't have to go to Bangladesh to be used by God. Let's jump back into our storage, back into this context right here. Let's jump to verse 22. These men, they're walking along the road. They're out of hope. They're in despair. And Jesus pops into the story, starts talking to them. They don't know it's Jesus. We get to verse 22. And they continue to talk. And they say, in addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it was just as the women had said. But they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish are you? And how slow to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things to enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what, he, what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. Verse 28. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. In verse 29. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. 
So he went, with, he went in to stay with them. I, I want to look at verse 28 specifically right here. What is Jesus doing? He's walking along. He's explaining the scripture to him. He's explaining this great love story. And then they get to the end of their journey. And Jesus is like, all right, I'm going. Like, I'm going. And they go, no, 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 wait, wait. And, and they say, will you please stay with us? And they call out to Jesus. And they say, as Jesus continued, as if he was going further, they urged him to stay strongly, and he stayed there with them. I think it's interesting that Jesus will not force himself on us. Jesus did not say, I'm going to your house right now. I'm going to stay, and you're going to do this and this. He, he continued on until they urged him. Jesus will not force himself on us. He is patient. He is love. He is wanting to make sense of, he was wanting to make sense of all the confusion in our life, all the things that Satan wants to destroy. Jesus wants to build back up, but he wants us to invite him to do that. And he's sitting there and he's saying, I love you and I want to pursue you. I want to explain life to you. <laughs> Second Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. See, Jesus loves us so much that he wants us all to come to repentance. And repentance is when we look at our life and say, I'm living life my way, and it's getting nowhere. I want to live a life after, after Jesus Christ. I want to ask him to forgive me, and I want to pattern my life after Jesus Christ. And Jesus is patient in doing that. See, Satan wants you dead. God wants you to arise in him. What does a life in, in love with Jesus Christ look like? And I want to ask you today, if you were on this journey, on this road, and Jesus was there talking with you, and you were in despair, and you were ending the near the, nearing the end of your journey, would you invite Jesus to come and to explain himself and explain more of who he is and how much he loves you? See, I, that's the second part that I want to look at today. And I want us to take some time just to think about this. Are we so proud in our life that we continue the journey on our own? Are we so proud in our life that we march forward thinking we know best? Are we so proud in life that we'll let Jesus go ahead and continue on down the road and say, we got this? How are you sitting today in relationship with Jesus? See, we can have despair. And we could be walking with the answer right there. But we think we got it. And so we just let Jesus go down the road. How's your relationship with Jesus today? Are you calling out to him? Are you saying, God, come, come to the house. Explain these things as these men did in this passage. And we'll see why in a little bit, in a little bit. I want to ask us right now just to reflect on this and ask us to sing a couple more songs. Here's the deal. This is a different kind of Easter message, isn't it? Different kind of Easter setting, isn't it? We hope that this is hitting home in our hearts. This isn't a production. This isn't fancy. This is just the word of God penetrating our hearts. And I'm praying that it's penetrating all of our hearts. Will you invite him to explain the rest of the story to you? Is that beautiful? Me and the story here. We get to verse 30. The men are traveling on the road. They've lost all hope. They're in despair. And Jesus comes, starts explaining life, explaining scripture to them. They get to the end of the, end of the road. 
And the two invite him. They say, come, come, Jesus, come to the house. We get to verse 20. Or 30, sorry. Now Jesus is at the house, and when he was at the table with them, he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. Yeah, just like that. Verse 32. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Verse 33. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told of what happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Church, ecclesia, humans. God is walking along. Jesus is walking along with us. And there's this thing called the Holy Spirit that prods at our heart. And as these two individuals were walking, we see right here in verse 32 that were not our hearts burning within us? When he talked on the road and opened up scripture to us, this world is confusing. This world is deceptive. This world is empty. When we see hope, and when hope comes knocking, we recognize it. Are we going to invite the hope into our life? Are we going to walk with Jesus? See, God is drawing people to himself. I like coffee. Does anyone else like coffee? It's all right. I drink way too much coffee. The other morning, Zoe and I were washing windows really early in the morning. And I just have to have my coffee or else I'm a bitter, bitter man. Sorry. Maybe I'm addicted to caffeine. I don't know. I need a caffeine recovery group or something for me. But I needed, I needed a little substance to get me going. I was a little tired. Maybe I should have slept a little more. That Jesus is, is walking and he's knew the, he's knew, he knew that these men, they needed a little something more. He knew that they needed a little something. They needed him to explain himself. They needed him to reveal himself to him and give him hope in this moment. Jesus right now is in this place for each and every one of us. He loves us so much. He wants to reveal himself to you in a very, very real and a very, very personal way. Are you going to invite him and give him the opportunity to do so? Or are you going to say, no, God, I got this. So Jesus wants you to come alive in who he is. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Jesus' blood covers over all of our sins. When we repent and ask him into our heart, we have a true hope and a true morning. And Easter is a true celebration for us. See, I was in here at 2 in the morning. And there was a lot of hands going up with a lot of people in this room talking about the roof is on fire and we're not going to put water on it because we're going to let it fall down or something. I don't listen to rap a whole lot, so I didn't get it. I had my earplugs in. I could hear it fine, though. A lot of people jumping up and down. A lot of people celebrating. And it wasn't just here at 2 in the morning. It's around the world. A lot of people just saying, the roof is on fire and I'm all good. And just let me numb the pain or let me walk through and, and just find something temporary to just put my hope in. 
And Jesus is saying, that is just temporary. When are you going to move on? And when are you going to realize that I am the true hope, the sustaining hope, the hope that never ends? (laughs) The call today is to repent and surrender. To say, God, I have been living life on my own. And I want to give my life to you. I want to surrender control of my life to you. And God is moving in our hearts. He wants to be with us. He wants to show you what true love is. And he wants to give you this hope today. He's walking on this road with us. Our hearts are burning inside us right now. I believe that God is speaking to each and every one of us in this place right now in this moment. Our hearts are burning inside us. He wants to reveal things to you that only he can reveal to you. See, I fumble and mumble a lot with my words. I try my very best to communicate this most important message. And in my opinion, I fail quite often to do so. And that's okay. Because if I were able to communicate this love message, it must be shallow. I'm counting on the Holy Spirit to each and every one of us in this place, no matter where you're at in your relationship with God, whether you came in here simply because you ended up in the wrong spot and it's too awkward to leave, or you came in here on purpose, God can reveal himself to you and he loves you deeply. Do you know that? God loves you deeply. He wants us to arise in him. I'm going to ask Brant. I'm going to ask Kyle. If you guys would, there's beans there's bags under this table over here. Can you, can you hand these out to everybody? We want to give you something, and we want to move into this just to, just to close this out. We want to move in just to close this out. We want to leave you with something. Jeremy, hey, I, I said, you know, can we, can we give everyone just a little something, something, just something special? And, and I thought a little coffee bean, chocolate-covered coffee bean. I was like, yeah, that's kind of cool. Like a rise, you get it, coffee. Like, it's kind of cute, right? And so... I was thinking, you know, let's just hand everyone a coffee bean when they leave. And it's a nice little tangible thing to help you remind, you know, remember the message this morning. Jeremy took it, Jeremy and Brittany took it over the top. I mean, look at this. This is awesome. But this is what I'm going to, this is what I'm going to ask all of us to do in this place. As you, as you have this cool envelope that says arise and coffee beans waiting inside to be devoured. I want you to think about this journey, this road that we've been walking down. These two individuals walking on the road had lost hope. Jesus appears, talks to them, explains the scripture, explains what hope is. They know just enough to say, Jesus, come to the house with us, come to the house with us. And then he goes, and then their eyes are open, and they realize their hearts were burning, and he is the answer. And they're so excited. What do they do? They get up, they went, and they returned to Jerusalem, and they were like, yes! This is life. This is hope. This is love. This is real. Our roof is not on fire. Things are okay. How is your love? How is your life with God? And I'm going to ask you just to hold these coffee beans, as silly as they are. I'm going to ask us just to close our eyes. Go into a time of reflection right now. This is the moment I believe that God transforms people. He loves us so much. He's pursuing each and every one of us. He's revealing himself to us. I ask us a couple questions. Are we going to chase after him?
Here's a question to think about. Have you lost hope? If you've lost hope in this place, you're in the right place. Because we have God. God of love. God of hope. He's chasing after you. He's walking on this road with you. He's explaining life and scripture to you right now. But you're like, yeah, Aaron, but I've done this and this and this, and I'm a bad person because of this and this and this, or I don't deserve. Stop, stop, stop. That's the lies of Satan. Jesus loves you, period, point blank today, right now. So smile, child. Smile, sons and daughters of a king. He loves you. He is hope. So just ask him right now, if you're, if you're comfortable with it, just hold your hands out in front of you and say, God, I've lost hope and I want to I find my hope in you. Here is my life. Here is my circumstance, my situation. Here's the things that I'm, I am just in deep despair over. God, I want to give that to you. Would you please call my heart? Let me focus on you. Because this message of love is about you. What areas of your life are out of control right now? You can give those areas to God this morning. Just say, God, here's this. I don't know how to deal with this. Here, here it is. But we, it begs a bigger question. Who's in control of your life? Is it you? Or is it God? found that when I control my own life, it ends up a train wreck. But when I rely on the love of Jesus Christ, that sustains and that lasts. So maybe in in this place, some of us are going to say, God, here's my life. Not just circumstances or situations. Here's my life. All of me. Take me. Maybe some of us, God is prodding us saying, yeah, you've given yourself to me, but you've never been baptized or I'm calling you to do something. It may be Bangladesh or it may be staying here in Greeley and living a very just normal life. God is prodding something in all of us right now. Give him your life. Say, God, take me, do or do with me whatever you want. My life is fully yours. I'm surrendering it to you. I've lived life on my own and that's meaningless. here's a great hope message for all of us in this place. If you've called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he says you are saved, you are a child of a king. And let me tell you who you are. Receive this, sons and daughters of a king. This is who you are. In John 1, 12, it says you are a child of God. Does that excite you that you're a child of God? In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says that the, the enemy is the devil. That's exciting because I don't like the results of the devil. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, You personally are the handiwork of God himself. He crafted you with his own hands for you to be exactly who you are. 
In 1 Peter 2, 9, you are a member of a royal priesthood. This is who you are when you are a child of a king. In Psalms 37, 23, it says, God delights in every detail of your life. God delights in you. So as you sit and you hold this little package of chocolate coffee beans, can you reflect on his love? What he's done? The great lengths he's gone to chase after you? To show you this love? And church, I'm going to ask us if you would, let's just stand and we'll sing this song. But this is the time for you just to talk to God. Just you and God personally. What's God doing in your life? And respond to him in this moment.